everybody, and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 110th episode of the podcast, airing March 22nd, 2021. Now, I'm pleased to present to you my discussion with astrologer Taylor Ursula, who will join me for a conversation on understanding karma. Now, Taylor and I dive into this fascinating subject of karma, what it is, how we as people define it, and the positives and negatives that are associated with spiritual response. Now, Taylor shares her journey in working with it and how she has personally come to understand it in her life uh, and while working with groups and clients. Now, we chat about the karmic cycle. As we know, karma does uh, have a cycle and it repeats, or at least we hope it doesn't over time. Uh, the association it gets with suffering. Uh, we talk about a 12th house emphasis and also how hypnosis can play a pivotal role in unlocking and working through these cause and effect cycles over the infinite annals of time. We had so much fun chatting together and we really hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Now, a fabulous way to show appreciation for this podcast and my astrological efforts is by making a one-time donation over at Mel's Tip Jar or by booking a personal consultation with yours truly, all of which can be done at my website, energeticprinciples.com. Now, a couple of quick announcements here. One, if you weren't able to catch the Equinox Instagram Live I did with Gray Crawford, you can watch the whole thing on my IGTV. Now, of course, with the two of us talking with all that Gemini energy, it went as long as a podcast episode, and we covered a lot of ground, recapping the last solstice to Equinox quarter, uh, giving our insights into the Aries ingress chart for Washington, D.C. for the entirety of the year, and also giving a rundown of the hotspot transits from now until the Cancer solstice. And let's just say there is plenty in store. And so we do hope you enjoy that. And once again, you can watch it over at Energetic Principles on Instagram. Now, too, of course, there is still time to sign up for the Astrology of Awakening 2 Summit, which will be airing live from April 15th through April 18th. And I will be co-hosting and speaking at this fine event, and it will be free to watch live, uh, and you'll have access to 24-hour replays just by registering. You can also purchase the All Access Pass that gives you access to the videos to watch forever uh, and all the really cool bonuses that all of us presenters are going to be sharing with our talks. And now we have four new presenters that are added to the summit that we just announced on the Equinox. Uh, and so, I mean, the roster just got so much crazier and awesome. So you cannot miss this. So in order to register, you can click the link in the description of this podcast, uh, and it'll take you right there. And, it, you know, spread that good word, uh, because the more, the better. And whoever might be interested in attending, uh, they are going to want to know. Well, all right. That being said, who is ready to hear all about karma? Here we go. Now let's meet our guest. All right. I am so happy to welcome for the first time ever to the podcast. We have Taylor Ursula with us here today. Thank you for joining me, Taylor. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited and very happy to be here. Yay. So I am new to Taylor. I uh, was introduced to her work via uh, being one of our upcoming presenters for uh 
the summit that is coming up, Astrology of Awakening to Renewal of Hope. You're going to hear me talking about this for the next month. So just FYI, if it's getting old, sign up. Then maybe I won't talk about it anymore. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, just kidding. No, this is exciting. This is an exciting opportunity. And I will be presenting, Taylor will be presenting, many other fabulous women astrologers are going to be presenting. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit, a bit more about that here in a second, especially in regards to Taylor's offering. But before we get started here, Taylor, will you give a, a brief background on yourself? Tell the listeners a little something about you. Absolutely. Um, my name is Taylor Ursula. I practice a few different modalities for healing, but they're largely focused around astrology and hypnosis. Uh, astrology is something I've been interested in for as long as I can remember. And so it clicked for me during my Saturn return as that <laughs> does as for does. many people. <laughs> um, my Saturn's in the 12th and is my chart ruler. So it was definitely an intense period that brought me to a lot of study to, to better understand what I was going through. Um, and that's really the basis for all of my healing modalities and practices. It always starts with something I need to heal for myself and understand more deeply. And then I immediately turn around and I'm like, I can't wait to share this with you. <laughs> um, so I, I work with astrology. I read tarot, uh, which is my definitely my oldest practice. Uh, I am certified Reiki level two, and most recently I became certified as a hypnotist. So those are my tools. That's my toolkit. And, um, yeah, that's, that's definitely like the background of, of all of my work. That's definitely where I'm coming into this, um, this presentation about karma definitely all started with my own experience, my curiosity about how we all move through these types of uh, energies and things and coming to an understanding as I've read people's charts about where these things may exist uh, for us. So I'm very excited to explore that with, with everyone. Yay. Well, it's true that, you know, that's the nature of, especially when you get into healing work and uh, working with others is that usually, uh, you know, in the good chironic way, we are triggered ourselves uh, to go through the healing process, um, which opens the door to understanding it better, the wisdom that comes with it. And then we want to share it. Uh, with others. And so there is that like the initiation that seems to happen. Um, now I'm, I'm guessing with some of the placements that you've shared, are you, are you Chiron and Gemini? I am. And it is uh, five degrees opposite my Saturn. So, well. so yeah. So yes. And it, yeah, like at 15 degrees Gemini. So like, just like the real pocket of Ugh, right there. Yes. <laughs> yes. What is funny, and I love that you say that, then you felt, let me share it with you. Because if there's one thing Gemini wants to do, it's like, if it learns something, it's like, oh, look at what I have to, you know, that Gemini uh, Sagittarius access. It's like, I've gained this wisdom and you must know. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely true. I think a big, that makes so much sense actually for you know, I mentioned astrology really solidified for me during my Saturn return. And part of that was returning to that opposition to Chiron. And so much about Saturn in the 12th for me feels very isolating, not being able to share things. Mm. And that did, I love that you've put that together for me. <laughs> so I'm like, oh yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. That is when I started figuring out how to share uh, those experiences with other people rather than keeping them to myself and feeling the weight of 
isolated experiences. Yeah. Well, that's the beauty of Chiron in Gemini. And I know a lot of people with that placement, you know, like, what are we looking at here? Like mid, mid eighties babies uh, here. Um, And I, I feel that the, the people that were born around this time absolutely are um, like amazing healers, uh, with, with the word and how they can spread the information of healing, um, and be able to, uh, help other people understand it or bring things to the surface with uh, the topic of uh, just conversation in general, because I think a lot of times people don't end up healing because it's never brought through the surface and words help things bring be brought to the surface, um, when we acknowledge them in maybe a more detached, um, way where we're like, wait, if I can put a a name to this or help describe it through my words, um, I can be far enough away from it where I can understand it. And it's not so visceral. This is just coming to me. (laughs) No, that's beautiful. I think that's absolutely really valid. Absolutely. Yes. I I think so much of trauma involves not being able to talk about things, being told that you can't bring things up, um, which contributes again to that isolating experience, which is so heavy. So I think, yes, absolutely. We have figured out just how to talk about things and on on the ground level, right? Going back to the Gemini Sagittarius axis, like not needing to be this professional or like have this um, PhD to be able to um, dig into what we're Mm. actually experiencing and just figuring out how to talk about it peer to peer. Yeah. you know, amongst ourselves and sort of taking agency within that. Like, oh, we we can talk about this. It doesn't have to be such a big process. Yeah. And I love that. It's like what we're doing right now. Yes, we are absolutely. totally doing this right now. Uh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, well, so let's talk about the summit a little bit with, uh, so just as a refresher, in case you're coming to this podcast new, or you haven't, you know, signed up and you want to know when it's happening, it is April 15th through the 18th. And so it's going to be four days of live presentations. I will be, uh, I'm honored to be a co-host of this fine event along with Christina Caudill of Radiant Astrology, who is putting it on and Ms. Chartreuse is going to be joining me and co-hosting duties and she is just a big ball of fun. So you're going to want to come check this out. And so now Taylor, do you know what day you're presenting on? Yeah. It'll be that Saturday. So I believe that's the 17th. The 17th. Yeah. 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 There's, there's fantastic aspects. The whole, there are some intense aspects this whole whole weekend. There have to be, you can't plan an astrology summit and not make sure. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's going to be so exciting. I'm so excited to be involved. Um, It's going to be so much fun doing this with all of these incredibly smart um, women who are experts in their fields and just bringing forth all of this information to the community. It's going to be so fantastic. Um, Yes. So this presentation, Saturday the 17th, I'll be talking about karma in the chart, understanding karma and where it happens for us, um, specifically through the lens of the astrological chart. And this really came to me um, as a result of doing so much astrological work, having so many great conversations with clients about just sort of the nature of contradiction that we experience and how to reconcile that 
looking at uh, where we feel called to make choices and what that leads to, and really seeing that a lot of us possess both, um, and we'll get into this, I'm sure, but sort of like good karma, quote unquote, versus bad karma and like what that means. Um, But I do see a lot of people who are at crossroads in their lives Um, wanting to understand how they've gotten where they are, how to move forward. And ultimately it ends up being about uh, several conflicting dynamics that bring us to make choices and how to make choices that are right for us. So um, from all of that study, I am really excited to just sort of highlight to one take away some of the stigma, I believe karma Mm. carries. Oh, so much stigma. (laughs) So much stigma. (laughs) Um, To really just strip this notion down to a neutral place and to identify several places in our charts where this could come up for us um, to sort of normalize uh, conversations about being faced with difficult choices and the resources that we may have in terms of choosing better moving forward, as well as reconciling where we've been. And um, ultimately just sort of pointing out where (laughs) the notion of karma can be a strength as well as a challenge. And just kind of help all of us get a better understanding of who we are from a more neutral place rather Mm. than um, the judgment (laughs) that tends to come with. Uh, these conversations. <laughs> so much judgment. So much um, judgment. So much judgment. This is coming from two people with prominent Capricorn placements. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're like, what do, you, what do you mean judgment? Oh, uh, I know a thing or two. Um, now, I think this is going to be a wonderful talk and I can't wait to pick your brain on it, especially with today's uh, interview where we're going to kind of touch the surface of uh, some things which I'm sure you'll expand upon and have examples of later in your talk. Um, but it's a hot, it's a hot topic. It is. It's one of those nebulous topics. I know you have a lot of Pisces energy, so it's, you're <laughs> yes. like the perfect person to take on <laughs> um, understanding of karma. Um, so yeah, I like that. Yeah. 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 I feel like, I feel like you might know a thing or two. Um, <laughs> of all good Pisces do. Absolutely. Um, now, the, I'm sure the, uh, so the cool thing about, of course, now with the summit, you're going to be able to watch it live all four days. Um, if you register, it is free to register and you even get 24 hour replays. If you can't get it one day and get it the next day, but you got to keep going, you got to catch up. And if you don't catch up, we do have the all access pass that is going to allow you to view the videos forever, uh, which is nice because sometimes you can't take things in all in one go, um, nor would you want to, because, right. uh, you know, like if you really needed to sink in, you might need to revisit. So I definitely, um, encourage everyone to, uh, who's interested in really absorbing what is being offered to grab all access pass. Uh, now what's cool also about the all access pass, this is my mercury saleswoman coming out, uh, (laughs) is that it comes with bonuses. Every presenter is going to have a bonus that they're going to share. And so Taylor, what is your bonus? 
Absolutely. And I love this because it weaves in some of my hypnosis practice. Um, so my bonus material is a, um, is a hypnosis track that specifically helps us get into the headspace for the spring equinox, helps us process what we've moved through, not only in the past uh, zodiacal year, but just 2020 <laughs> itself, um, processing the very complex feelings that we have accumulated over this year and getting really clear on where it is we would like to offer ourselves grace for what we've experienced and uh, what we'd like to clear out in order to approach spring with kind of fresh eyes and a, and a re revitalized heart. So hmm. um, it was really fun to make. I love... Uh, I love hypnosis so much. Um, so it was really fun to get to um, do a talk about astrology, but kind of have this crossover with hypnosis and share something that is, um, I don't know, deeply restorative. I find the, I find the practice and trance to be um, very cleansing and in a very Pisces way. <laughs> Absolutely. Just sort of surrendering to uh, the waters of life. And, mm. You know um, what it just brought to me in the image? Like, mm. and maybe, the, and maybe your voice was taking me to a hypnotic place. I'm not sure. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I did really I just, slip into that hypnosis. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, the image, and this is perfect because right now Mercury is in Pisces and I know you have Mercury in Pisces and it like, it gives you images. It just brings like pictorial content to the surface. And so what I saw was basically um, like the idea of hypnosis, uh, when you're in, when you're in it is it's like maybe it's oil and water together. And we like live in this kind of shake, shaken up, uh, situation, but in the hypno in hypnosis, there's a stillness and all the oil rises to the surface from the water. And then you get, and you see the, um, and then that's what comes that, you know, where I'm going with this, like the oil, love kind of the, the subconscious <laughs> yes. that is rising up where we're always constantly, you know, like molecules shaking, but the hypnosis stills us enough to bring the right things to the surface that are always there. Yes. I love that so much. I'm going to log that into my mind. <laughs> I love, I love that image. Absolutely. I think that that's absolutely um, in line with what I'm hoping for with this practice and what I believe this practice uh, gives us. It's definitely a, a, um, a respite from, as you described, this constant shaking that we're in. Um, we're constantly grasping at the logical realm for answers to things that actually uh, already exist within us. We have answers within our bodies. We have answers in our subconscious. Uh, we have guidance and direction within ourselves, but we're not always taught to, to listen to that. We're supposed yeah. to look at others. We're supposed to follow in footsteps. We're supposed to, you know, and there's, there's place for that. Absolutely. Um, but I, I believe that some of some of karma, as we'll descri describe and define, but some of the um, the weight of mm. karma that we experience can be from not listening to ourselves, from from not actually tuning into who we are authentically, and instead making choices based off of information from the outside world, what the external expectations are. And ultimately not being very happy or satisfied or um, 
at, at best, right? And then at worst, kind of being hoodwinked into something that was you had no business being part of. Um, mm. So I think that I love that oil rising to the surface. There's definitely so much within us that just needs time and space uh, and trust to allow to rise that really can inform us um, beyond, again, like what the external stimulus is trying to tell us. Mm. Yes. I really, I really resonate with that a lot. Uh, it, it, and being, yeah, that being a factor of, of karma actually is getting so far away from yourself. Um, that, and I, you know, I am definitely subject to it. I know many people are, I'm going to venture to say that most people are, uh, except for those few mavericks out there that no matter what they're going to, and then their karma is just like not ever listening to other people. Right. Then you've got so far. Then you got the Aries and the Sag and you're like, you never (laughs) listen to, no, no, I'm just kidding. Um, It goes both ways. It goes it so many ways. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, and that's why life is a delicate balance so that we all live with it. Um, really but uh, that being said, so let's launch into, oh, well, of course, we've already alluded to the fact that our topic of today is understanding karma the best that we can, because, you know, it is a bit of a nebulous uh, subject. Uh, and so the first thing we get to here is, uh, you know, what, what is, what is karma? Like what? I mean, Taylor, what do you think that most people would define that as? Uh, what do you define that as? Tell me what you think. I love this. Um, what is karma? I think they're all different answers. Absolutely. Uh, and I've even needed to sort of, as I go into this, needing to check where I'm coming from about it myself. So mm-hmm. as I'm trying to guide all of us through a a neutralizing process in understanding this. I too am making sure that I'm using a definition that is the same kind of neutral that I'm going for. So karma is really choice. It's action. It's, um, it is what we decide to do at any point. And I think culturally we define karma as, you know, a minute ago, I sort of, uh, joked about like quote unquote, good karma versus quote unquote, bad karma. And we certainly have highlighted the suffering elements of karma. And it's interesting because I've, I've seen many people sort of like weaponize karma and we sort of decide, you know, you said judgment a few minutes ago. Um, and we, 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 we certainly sort of decide um, that people deserve something based on choices that they make or um, we assume that people have made bad choices and that what they're experiencing Mm. is a a negative result of that. And that is certainly, I believe, somewhat to do with our experience of karma, but it's not really, I don't think for anyone to cast upon anyone else, you know, and and that to me suggests a a need to understand your own choices. Um, And also just sort of let people, we don't really know what people need to be doing with their lives. Um, I was just talking about how we don't always listen to ourselves and that can lead us to a place of accumulating karma we don't enjoy. Um, And so it's not really for us to decide what other people should want to do. Um, And so it's interesting that we sort of, I've heard things like, oh, well, that's just, you know, you're experiencing that because of your karma. (laughs) And I think that's very fascinating. Um, 
because again, it does come through from this place of negativity and yes, absolutely. Karma does involve, involve our suffering. And we'll talk a little bit more about this Mm. um, when we talk about the hypnosis element, but I've certainly seen myself (laughs) make choices uh, that directly led to my own suffering. So that's certainly an element here of, oh yeah, Hmm. I want to blame someone else for this, but I didn't really do this right. Okay. But there's, there's so much to it. We, we don't, we are all complex people. We all make difficult choices. We all make positive choices. We sometimes make bad choices. We sometimes don't have the option to make better choices. Um, so in that sense, karma is certainly a learning tool, um, recognizing our experience and seeing where we're able to uh, come to a place of more integrity or, Mm. um, tuning into our intuition and deciding to listen to ourselves, uh, so as to choose what feels more connected for us over time. But it really just comes down to what our choices are and what the energetic consequences of those choices may lead to. Yeah. And even consequences is a heavy word, but it it's is. true that every action <laughs> has a reaction. Yeah, um, that's cause and effect. That's the, cause and the effect. nature of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a couple things that I love about what you said. Number one, well, and this is once again, the Capricorn Scorpio (laughs) of me talking is that integrity, because that's what you deal with karma enough times with the, uh, the idea of it. It it, like you, you learn to put yourself in integrity, uh, based on it. Now, another thing that's fascinating to me is the idea of karma and suffering and those two going hand in hand, because, I mean, how many times, like you just had a great example where you're like, you had an action, it came back to you and you're like, oh, this must be my karma. That's why I'm suffering. But, (laughs) you know, and, and people do like to point the finger, even if it's the finger pointing at us, we want to be like, what, why am I experiencing this? This has to be a reason. But how many times do you have something wonderful happen to you that you're like, oh, this is my karma. You know, I like, (laughs) I want something good to get this. You know, it's, I know some people might joke around like that. Maybe I've said that a time or two (laughs) in my life, but. But, you know, like that is not the go-to when something wonderful comes through or even the fact that we would be grateful for it to begin with because that we're so um, uh, more likely to be focused on uh, cause and effect when it is negative in relation versus cause and effect when it is positive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so that's, you know, and so maybe that's where the scales get a little heavy where, you know, all of a sudden like karma is in this more suffering, bad choices, you know, and, and it gets that heavy connotation to it. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, what you said for some reason just brought up like the concept of Yelp to me where like most people don't feel compelled to yes. leave a review for something until something happens. Like how many Yelp reviews have you read that are like, I have come here a million times and I used to love it, but then this one time I went and something awful happened and let me describe to you like all of the awful things. We do, we, we really fixate on the the more the negative consequences of things. And we don't necessarily take time to, as you said, like appreciate the good things that happen or to figure out how those good things happened or to think about how our actions could have led to a positive outcome as much as we do this fear of, oh, the bad thing that happened because of the bad thing that I did. 
That's yeah. very true. That's very real. Yeah. So I guess I, you know, like honor some of that, some of that good karma there. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> definitely something I would like to, um, that I hope to get to speak to in this uh, presentation. Definitely looking at, again, you know, back to the air quotes of good karma and bad karma. And um, I've certainly been told, you know, I've, I, I spoke to a medium who told me once that, um, you know, my, I have my partner in my life because of good karma. Like we found mm. each other because of good karma. And that certainly, um, made me kind of forced me to think about like, Oh, but I've done good. Th- oh, Oh, re- really? Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's a cool idea. I've um, good in this world. <laughs> absolutely. And one thing that, um, you know, started with me that I started approaching with clients in chart readings was, you know, I looked at my chart and I was like, oh, <laughs> this is rough. <laughs> like, why do I have to have this chart? This is, this is really annoying. Like these are better charts and I wish I had a better chart. <laughs> um, and learning to look more closely and to look at the strengths of it and to say, yes, so that part's hard. Absolutely. Like, yes, you, you have these challenges. Um, but then there are these strengths that are, you know, if, if we're talking about like, I, I chose this life or I, this is the chart that I, that I was born into. So here's what I signed up for. Um, there are, there are some great elements in, in tough charts as well. And so it's, yeah. it's rarely ever, everything is bad and you're doomed, you know, there's redemption redemption and, um, and those dynamics that set us up to, to grow beyond what is difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as they say, pressure makes diamonds, you know, we have the difficulties in life. (laughs) That is when we get the the gold because it's the whole idea of the alchemical process is if you, if you were born as gold, then how are you going to grow and evolve and get to that point? So it's almost like the more oxidized you are, (laughs) the more like the the more gritty your chart is, the more uh, you can be a spiritual Phoenix in a way, because like, you you got, you have a little bit more to work with and that's what, um, and so that's kind of my, like my ideas when I look at karma in in my own relation, I, I, uh, drew up this like triangular diagram basically that is, uh, that goes in the order of, uh, fate, free will, karma. And so Mm -hmm. it is this triangular motion where fate brings something to you to which the action of free will comes you know, how do you respond to it? Uh, and then that response and that action, like you were alluding to early or sets up the karma, whether that be good, bad, or neutral, it just what it, it is. And it's just this cyclical motion in kind of like a triangular space of just fate, free will, karma, which leads back to the fate because the karma brought us, you know, like, and so we just go in this and it, and it really depends. And that's why everything in life is really, um, at least in my eyes, uh, is so, uh, relies so much on your response to everything. Like a response leads to action, but first we have a response about it. Of course, a lot of times it's a emotional response. Usually we resp- emotions come up first. Um, and then maybe the intellectual response, uh, or maybe that's skipped altogether and it just goes to an actionary <laughs> response, you know, depending on 
what emotional level that might be at at that time or your particular <laughs> makeup. Um, but that, I mean, that's kind of the way that I, I look at it at least. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. That makes so much sense. And that kind of brought to mind that, um, that prayer about, you know, the wisdom to change, the Serenity. Things, you know, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let me accept the things I cannot change and change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And, um, yeah, that definitely flowed like that in my mind when you were speaking. Um, yes, absolutely. And there are certain, you know, fate is such a loaded thing too, but there are, oh. there are certain fates we will all meet, you know, we yes. are here for a finite amount of time. Um, that is absolutely a universal fate and based on, yes, I love that description, like based off of the fate that is brought to us, we will have an emotional response and, um, from there decide some sort of action. And absolutely. I think that's what is really fascinating about karma to me is that emotions can really block us from, um, or really complicate. We'll say complicate that. Complicate is a good word. Can really <laughs> complicate our decisions. And that certainly feels true about my, my own karmic journey. I have certainly, especially as a Pisces moon, uh, at 29 degrees. So like oh, really, right like, on the edge, right on the edge of the whole Zodiac. Um, I have definitely looked back at choices and said, oh, wow, you really let your feelings get the best of you in this moment. <laughs> um, and, and that is hard. That's so hard because of fate, because we can't control some of these elements. We really do just make choices based off of how we emotionally react. Absolutely. And that can be beyond us until yeah. we learn to better integrate that, those, those emotions into a process. You know, like you said, sometimes there's not, there's just the emotional reaction and then the lightning that strikes and there's not a pause between to really consider, um, anything. <laughs> really. Yeah. Um, and that is, you know, I think that's really just a big part of growing up, whatever that mm-hmm. means. Um, so we all go through this period of understanding that our, our reactions and actions have consequences. Um, there's that word again. Um, yeah. And of course it looks different for all of us too. Um, going back to looking at this through the lens of the chart, all of our charts are set up in different ways. Um, and we may have the same aspects, but they occur from different houses and different placements. Mm-hmm. And so how that unfolds for us individually is different, but it is a universal um, challenge for us all to, to understand how this triangle flows and to, um, I mean, really the thing about patterns is, is cracking it open somehow, right? So finding yeah. a way to uh, create a break so that you can at least observe what's happening and, and again, like decide or choose, um, what you're going to do in response to what's occurring. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. The, this, the cycle, cause that's part of what it is, right. It's like breaking the karmic cycle. And, uh, that's kind of like the biggest part of karma in my mind is maybe breaking that. And I think part of that has to do with, um, really, well, A, tapping into, but B, being taught, and maybe it's through life experience because 
uh, we don't have these tools that are offered to us in, uh, you know, general education is emotional intelligence, you know, like emotional intelligence. If there's one thing to be taught, uh, in every school and in the family structure, and, and this is just my ideals speaking, um, is, uh, you know, emotional intelligence, because I feel like, and maybe that's the part, maybe we don't get those tools because that's the part of living. And that's the part that we, that's part of the karma that we have to go with through to get to that, the, those cycles enough, uh, to get to, like you said, that point of integrity that allows us to disrupt the cycle enough to make different choices to maybe, uh, you know, derail it to start a, a more positive cycle use. Cause it'll always be a cycle it just depends on what keeps, do we keep cycling like gunk back in or are, are we now filtrating once we get to a certain part and we're making the water clearer as you know, time <laughs> goes on. <laughs> yes. I love that. Oh man. Yeah, absolutely. And what, I mean, emotional intelligence is it, it, I immediately thought about the moon and how it's the fastest moving planet. And it's um, usually moon to moon aspects are the hardest to pinpoint. It's hard for us to find people who have moons in harmony with ours. Um, And you're right. Culturally, we don't, we don't teach making space for our emotions. We're a very air and fire kind of, you know, kind of vibe. We're supposed to channel our feelings into like labor or, um, (laughs) or art. We're supposed to make something from our feelings. We're supposed to master our feelings. You know, feelings are embarrassing. (laughs) Those feelings need to be productive or they need to go away. (laughs) A thousand percent. That is the narrative. Um, hopefully one of the narratives, the South node moving through Sagittarius is, um, I don't know, changing for us as everything's squaring the nodes right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, feelings are not something that, are, I don't know, readily commercializable, I guess, or, um, like you said, like needing to construct something from that. Um, and, and also feelings are gendered. Feelings are a gendered thing and only some of us are allowed to have feelings, but if you do, then you're called like a wuss or something, or, you know, you're just... (laughs) And I get it because as someone with so many feelings, even I'm like, okay, could you just (laughs) could you chill on the feelings? Um, (laughs) Well, I think it has to do with our like our uh, how a lot of people, um, and and this might kind of reside in most people. They're uncomfortable with feelings. They're uncomfortable with their own feelings. They're uncomfortable with other people's feelings. And you know, you're like, don't park that train wreck here. I don't want to hear about it. (laughs) Like, you know, that's that's. But the thing is is that there it's so such an important part of being uh, a human um and uh maybe it's you know maybe we will have a, a better luck with this or a better karma with this over time once we get more comfortable uh with being emotional creatures and, and that being okay um yeah <laughs> yes i love that absolutely it's true i think it's so important as we do get older and start understanding our emotions figuring out who we're able to share that with um or how we're able to express that without needing any sort of not, a lot of feelings don't have solutions we also we want to solve things and a lot yeah. of feelings are are completely irrational or are not solvable in a tangible way and even just making space to accept that and to say, okay, so there's nothing I can do about this. 
and I just have to feel it. But then if I feel it, then it could pass or it could express and then just not be beating me up so much right now. Um, I think a lot of my work is about creating space for both real things and like the intangible. Absolutely. Um, so sometimes feelings just want to be felt. Sometimes they just want to be acknowledged. Sometimes it's just important to say, this is how I feel. And okay, I've said it and I've given it a name and I can check that off my list or I can, you know, at least now I can see it. Um, but we do suppress a lot of our feelings. We do fear a lot of our feelings. Um, especially if it's not something we can directly act on. Yeah. Or we, uh, to suppress them, we act on them. Oh, yes. Hoping that they will go away if some sort of, uh, attention (laughs) is put to them in in maybe a physical space. And so it can be a little bit bit of both when really all we need to do is move through it, uh, rise it up to a more intellectual point of view to get a balance of the two together, uh, and then choose our action or our non-action after that point. And, and that, that might be the secret sauce. Um, but yes. you know, it all starts from the emotional space of being able to move through it and be conscious of it and have that, uh, you know, once again, this emotional intelligence we're talking about to be able to, um, get to that point. Um, yeah. and, and there's the, and there's the pattern for you. Absolutely. Mm. Well, okay. So this makes me think though, when we're talking about, cause we kind of, we've already uh, alluded to the idea of like, oh, I've done this action and I'm seeing the repercussions from it, uh, good or bad. Um, but what about, you know, when we're talking about maybe earlier life or things that don't have like an exact uh, like catalyst or be like, oh, I've done that. I've done, I've done this. I love um, that. I've, <laughs> I've, I've done, done this. Um, you know, because a lot of times the two that are paired together is the idea of karma and reincarnation. And so where do you stand uh, with that and the carrying over of like time and cause and effect that way? I think that's really interesting what you were saying. I mean, before you said childhood, I really thought about um, kind of emotions not fitting into the survival that we've had to like carry for several generations. And so many of our experiences are about survival. just looking generationally at what different demographics have moved through, have endured and have passed on to uh, further generations. And so um, a lot of that, going back to what you said about Chiron and us uh, in Gemini sort of figuring out how to finally just talk about this stuff that has been sort of handed down to us Uh, and not addressed as we are young people. Mm. Um, And so what do I think about young people? That's really interesting. Um, I, again, have certainly looked at my own own chart and my own karmic experience. And I will say from my own perspective, because I don't want to say this about anyone else, everyone's childhood is so unique. And um, I feel like the general consensus is that no child deserves suffering. Um, children can't, <laughs> shouldn't be able to bring on their own suffering. They're, we're children. Um, but I've definitely seen themes from the several past life regressions that I've done, um, where I've made choices as an adult in those lives 
that have shown up as choices that were made about me in this life as a child. And I think that's very interesting where I'm kind of like, oh, so I was really like smothering to my children in these past lives. And like, Mm -hmm. I really depended on them um, because I was alone and I had my own like abandonment issues in these lives. And therefore I, I really needed a lot from my children in these lives. And I can look at my life and say, a lot was asked of me. <laughs> like I, was, <laughs> I was asked to do a lot and to act like everything was okay. And it wasn't. Um, so I, I have personally seen a pretty immediate transcription of um, things I've done <laughs> or put upon, you know, choices I've made regarding other people and seeing some of those choices mirrored back to me in a way that I've had to reconcile and say, oh, okay. So it's not, you know, going back to that sense of neutralizing this and not saying like, I deserve that because, you know, I did X, Y, Z, but more just seeing what we've been saying about actions, having a reaction, actions, having a consequence, seeing something come full circle and saying, oh, that theme that's really prevalent for me. I've been carrying that for a while, but I've been on the other side of it. And so here I am now getting a better understanding of what, how I made someone else feel or like what I, what I put upon someone else, uh, feeling that I didn't have any other choice or being overwhelmed by my emotions, um, and seeing where that impacted me as a young person and, and it, it's, it is liberating in that sense. Again, getting to put names to things, getting to recognize things and saying, oh, okay. It helps me get a better understanding of what sort of choices I want to make moving forward. And also it gives me forgiveness for the people from my younger life who are carrying their own inherited trauma and are making the best choices that they can. And some may have been bad. quote unquote, and some may have been selfish or self-serving, but ultimately we're people and we're trying. So it's, I've seen it show up in that way as just, again, neutralizing themes that are, you know, we remember our childhood. Actually, what you said before about how we focus on bad things, I feel like that's really how our memories are formed too. We tend to remember the more negative aspects of things or the things that hurt us. Um, And that's very important information, but it's also good to dig deeper into that and to see how things are a little more complicated than that. Things are a little more complex than that. Um, Humanizing the people in our lives and saying, oh, okay, well, I can't go back and change those things, but I am at a point where I can make a different choice moving forward that I know is more in line with the integrity I now have, having Mm -hmm. seen the full, uh, the full scope of this situation and knowing that it's up to me now to, to decide what's next. Yeah. I don't know if that is. No, I did. You brought it around. You brought it around full circle. Um, You know, I think, I feel like, you know, the, the cosmic scales, no, not time, you know, like that is kind of the, the essence here is that, um, uh, whether we're dealing with it in our lives now, whether it's uh, instances we went through in childhood that are kind of from uh, those those past considerations and the people that we deal with uh, in childhood or now and where they came from, you know, the, it's all carrying this uh, very um, 
kind of messy timeline uh, of, of a sense that ha- just has all this experience behind it. And all we have is this particular moment, uh, and moment <laughs> of choice. Uh, and we're making them every day. Like I make a choice just to, you know, like turn my body one direction. Like the choice is, is upon us at all times, any movement, Absolutely. any thought, any motion, you know, these are choices that we have. Um, and so it's, it's just interesting to kind of like, look at, um, it from all these different angles, which we're doing, we're turning it around. We're like, you know, getting our magnifying glass in there. Um, but all that being said, it's okay. So, uh, you know, what brought, what brought you in particular to like working with karma? I mean, was there like an incident? Was there like a moment where you're like, hmm, you know, like what was that? And kind of made an initiation point, introduction, fascination, et cetera. Sure. Um, I, I believe I first started looking at karma as my, my astrological studies deepened. Um, I have a big 12th house, uh, influence in my chart. Um, my Saturn is there, which is my chart ruler. It's conjunct Uranus and Ceres is in there. And I have always carried this sort of looming, weight of isolation. I'm kind of like, everyone else seems to be having this experience. And yet I'm over here (laughs) experiencing this. Um, What is that about? And as I got deeper and deeper into astrology, um, reading about the 12th house certainly brought up a lot of language around karma, uh, around suffering, you know, in traditional astrology, it's the worst house. (laughs) It is the bad diamond. (laughs) Yeah. Like don't go in there. Um, sucks to be you. And so I, I certainly, you know, again, it was this moment of like, oof, like my chart is kind of (laughs) gross, like needing to, needing to find a way to look at it um, as something I could work with rather than something I was buried underneath. And of course, that's not to say there are all ho- horrible things on my chart. Again, all charts have magic and challenges, but um, certainly starting with the 12th house brought me to the language of karma initially. And from there, you know, I kind of blending modern astrology with traditional astrology and finding some lights in the 12th house, finding some purpose in the 12th house. Um, and of course, looking at my own personal aspects, uh, my Saturn squares, like everything in my, in Pisces for me, um, which is everything that I have. And so, um, you know, really understanding what these aspects point to and what tools they give you as a means to process some of what's difficult. So for me understanding, okay, yeah, there's a lot hanging out in my 12th house, um, that feels bad, (laughs) but I'm figuring out how to allow it to feel better, figuring out how to bring movement into this space and to determine some purpose to it. Understanding all the squares in my third house. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about hard things. Um, so that, that 12th house studying, uh, during my 12th house Saturn return certainly opened the door for me about this kind of language, this kind of experience, understanding uh, if this is, if this is what's hard, what else is good around this? Um, I've certainly waded through the language of I deserve this, or like I am supposed to be sad. Um, 
And that's, again, me moving through my own process of neutralizing this sort of, uh, this concept for myself and understanding, uh, seeing where my emotions have led me to make choices that I felt I had to make or that I didn't have any other option and saying, oh, yeah, that didn't work out the way you wanted it to. And now you feel, you, you have feelings about that. Um, and I think it really solidified once I began doing past life regressions, um, that sort of came up that medium that I spoke to who told me about good, my good karma. She told me about how I was a nun in a past life. And I had taken several vows that I carried over into this life and that I needed to figure out how to like nullify or, um, like put an end to in this life. And in my placidus chart, my South nodes in the ninth house. And so I'm like, Oh wow. That's kind of interesting. That well, That's fascinating to me because I've had those in own inclinations too, for, for my own chart, the South node in Pisces and ha- yeah. be, having been a nun uh, and, and taking vows. And so that's when you brought that up, I was like, what? Yes. Because it's because that's the idea of karma and this, you know, like this timelessness that we're talking about is that because vows are a serious thing. Um, vows are a Saturn thing. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes yeah, and if they carry over and it's not doesn't apply to this life, it can be very confusing as to why we have the the um feelings we have, the blocks that we do, the reactions we do to certain things, um, especially if it's coming from a place that was a vow towards a more spiritual, um, nature, or maybe a spiritual in the sense of, you know, organized, you know, because spiritual and religion are not like, I, they overlap in certain areas and others they don't. Um, so it really depends on those vows. So I think that's fascinating that you're bringing that up because I really relate on my own to that. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. I could definitely see that as a Pisces South node theme. Absolutely. It is surrendering sort of connection to the material world in order to fully, um, take on the responsibility of, of spirituality and whatever that looks like in the organization that we're a part of. And I certainly, um, that gave me a lot to talk to think about to talk about. That gave me a Lots lot to, to talk about. about. Lots to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did that. I done that. That's um, when you think and you talk out loud. That's yes, when you're talking, yes. basically. That's oh my god, that's so real. That is accurate. <laughs> yeah, Mercury in Pisces. Yeah, um, Mars and Gemini. I feel yes. you. <laughs> Yes. (laughs) Um, So that really gave me a lot to think about because as you just said, you know, that that resonates a lot with you and your experience. I certainly felt that resonate. I felt like, oh, I do really feel like I deprive myself of a lot of experiences because I'm not supposed to have them, but other people can, or I, you know, I, I judge myself for, for enjoying material things or, you know, a lot of, there was, there was a list of things that really occurred to me could be attributed to this. And that was probably the summer of 28. I don't know what time is anymore. Uh, summer <laughs> of 2018. Uh, and by fall, I was kind of getting, I was getting emails about past life regression um, from a, um, from a healing space in New York where I was living in Brooklyn. And I was kind of like, Oh, that's interesting. Like I could, 
I could check that out. And so I, I gifted myself my first past life regression for my, my birthday the following year. And I saw all of it. I saw the nun life. I was there and I, um, it was not what I, what I wanted it to be. The experience was oppressive. Um, Mm. the politics were oppressive. Um, I was like a rebel in this space. Um, I feel that is like Saturn (laughs) conjunct Uranus in my 12. (laughs) I'm like, Oh yeah, I can do that. Um, And ultimately, like, I just fell apart because the system was problematic. Um, Very Saturn and Sag in the 12th house. Like, I've made vows to something that is wrong. Um, And so seeing all of that outlined so visually for myself, uh, confirming what I had been told before about these vows, it really got me into this space of, oh, like, I I can see things that I've done And as I was saying before, like, see how they've shown up sort of flipped in my life now. Um, What does that mean? (laughs) Like, what does that give me? Where does that take us? Um, And of course, connecting back to neutralizing this whole experience, saying like, oh yeah, you did that. And like, that wasn't great. But like, I see why, (laughs) I see why you did that. Um, Again, like we don't always have the resources to make the quote unquote right choice or to even you know, to access what that even means, but, um, yeah. So karma for me certainly began as again, a self-reflection, like, why am I feeling this? Um, and understanding it more deeply has certainly helped me activate some agency for myself in choice, thinking about, okay, you can just wallow in this and feel like these things happened to you. Um, or you can- <laughs> The martyr complex. Yo, that Ooh, is so Pisces. It is. <laughs> I'm just suffering and no one cares. <laughs> and the world is broken. And how are you all just living? Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm like, oh, I resonate. Oh, <laughs> I've, I've been so there. Real. I've been so there. real. Oh man. Yeah, bring some Scorpio energy into that. And then I can mm-hmm. see- very much like uh, why <laughs> like everyone's making choices and how dare you um yeah so so yeah karma for me definitely started as a personal journey understanding my own choices attributing my choices to the choices of other people well i just reacted to that because you did that and having to say mm, what else can we do yeah <laughs> well because what, what I'm hearing here is really like uh, another part of karma is just taking responsibility. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that integrity. It, it's yep. integrity, right? And no. especially like you're talking about your Saturn return coming from a self-reflective uh, place in a 12th house placement, which I have to say there, I, you know, um, I mean, in a traditional astrology, the 12th house is the joy of Saturn. Um, so if, if, if Saturn is going to joy somewhere, uh, and and, well, and it's fascinating to me too, having, um, you know, Saturn in its uh, antithesis sign, uh, a Jupiter ruled sign. And so right. to me, like there's something to be said about all you Saturns and Sages, because I feel that you can really take away some wisdom on, on Saturn 
through it. And there's something to be said about like your position, uh, having that placement in the 12th house and knowing that the Saturn cycle in our lives is so important as it goes through the houses and to experience a Saturn return, uh, and a powerful one such as that right before it ingresses into the first house to begin a whole new cycle and the, and the self undoing that has to come, you know, there, like, like, there's uh, this, there's like self emoliation that happens. Um, especially a Sag, um, at the, you know, like right before that. So to me, it's like, uh, that might be some of like the power in that placement is like, yeah, I had what it had until that certain point, but the, the catalytic initiatory experience to get to the undoing to build, um, is like, I don't know. It seems really, uh, it seems really powerful in many ways. So, um, well, with all that experience with the 12th house, you know, this might be a side, uh, a little segue, but do you have any 12th house wisdom? Like if you had a 12th house takeaway to give to those people that have 12th house placements. Wow. Yeah. Um, I love that you brought up Saturn's joy there because it really is this like nothing matters. (laughs) Like it's all, we're all going to be defeated. (laughs) Uh, Time comes for us all. Um, uh, Wisdom from the 12th house. Yeah. I love that, you know, the fire imagery as well, because I did really feel that sense of, of self-destruction. Like I, I had built many things. I had started a publication. I like had done X, Y, Z, you know, Uranus had passed over my North nodes. It was like, Whoa, ideas about things I should do. And then Saturn came through and was just like, you don't need that. I'm going to knock that over. I'm going to set this on fire. And it was just kind of like, I am watching the world. I built (laughs) bird. Everything is slipping away and I have no desire or motivation to stop it. I just feel everything melting and I have to just, you know, as you said before, like I have to move through this. Like there's not an action to take. There's not a solution to this. I have to be willing to surrender to this yep. and move through it. Oh, surrender and accept surrender. more more Pisces 12th house words. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that is, you know, the takeaway from the 12th house is understanding that yes, everything ends. Absolutely. Like everything ends at the end of the day, Saturn is overruled by Jupiter and, you know, locked away and, um, dethroned and yes, and we are all dethroned at some point we are all surpassed. Um, but that surrender and finding a, and this may be my Saturn Chiron opposition speaking, right now, but finding a will to live regardless of, um, regardless of that eventual surrender of that eventual loss, that eventual dethroning, finding value in living fully anyway. Um, understanding that. And I like that earlier, you brought up that moment to moment we are choosing. Uh, I feel like a lot of 12th house stuff, especially heavier 12th house stuff can just stop us from choosing anything. We're kind of like, well, you know, that's the, that's the negative surrender or the, um, I'll just lay down and die, right? I'm just going to give up because (laughs) what's the point? Yeah. Um, but as you so beautifully articulated too, as it's moving through that space, it is coming through to break through the first and to be renewed. And so it is that sort of being patient surrendering to the the moment, 
um, and believing or deciding <laughs> that there is a next moment, that there is something beyond this. Um, and I'm about to get clear on it <laughs> as it moves, you know, it's going to move through the first house. It's going to go. Um, so it is going to reemerge in some way. Uh, of course, Saturn moving into the first house feels that's a, t- it's a whole different. <laughs> it's a whole it is. It, it, it's no walk in the park by any it's means. Uh, no, I just had that. I'm it was sure hard. you did. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like I'm, I'm going, coming back to my pressure makes diamonds. Right, it's it's yes. such a necessary point because it really like it toughens you up uh, and, and it structures you in a way through yeah. Saturnian you know, examples and situations, um, that are going to be pivotal for, you know, a 30 year experience. So it, it's not easy, but it's super important. Um, and all that happens uh, in the 12th house beforehand, it's like, you know, because we talk about self-destruction and like uh, a self undoing or this emoliation I'm talking about yeah. but that, you know, you have to destruct to create. Uh, and if something is not in your best interest in a whole new cycle that you're about to build, uh, that destruction could be the best thing that's ever happened to you. But of course, hindsight is 2020 and it's not always <laughs> comfortable when you're in it. Uh, but you know, like you got to go through it. So, I mean, we can kind of say that for any 12th house experience. If you got planets going through the 12th house right now, or whenever you do, or you have them natally, but especially with transits, um, you know, like uh, what Taylor was just saying that like, you know, get through that experience, you know, have the surrender, have the acceptance, know what's coming in the strength after that. Uh, and especially if you happen to be experiencing, you know, for all you Pisces risings out there. I was there just going right to say, yes. yeah. <laughs> you oh say? my God. Yeah. Oh my God. All Pisces risings with Neptune in their first right now and everything in Aquarius in the 12th. Woo. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You can take a lesson from the Aquarius rising who just went through it uh, and, and got a whole a whole shebang of Capricorn last year, basically in their 12th house. You know, we, we need to bring some Aquarius risings on, Oof. take some notes because I'm yeah. sure they have stories to tell. Um, and so, you know, there's, yeah, there's, and just the quality of the sign too, like looking at, you know, like your Saturn, uh, 12th house. Yeah. I mean, of course yours had it, it coincide with a Saturn return, which is unique in itself. Um, but just having Saturn transit the 12th through Sag influence, I had Saturn transit the 12th through Libra influence and woo. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, that's so interesting. interesting. You know, like when you start to bring yeah. the signs into it. And so here with Pisces, you know, Saturn, uh, through Aquarius or this communal, you know, like they're the sign quality that's going to bring up the Saturn experience and that acceptance and that letting go and that, you know, breaking down and that endings and all these things that we're talking about. It's, it's just interesting to think of it in relation to, it'll always be the same experience house and, uh, planet archetype wise, but the, the interesting dynamics of the signs, um, and maybe the modalities that go along with it after that point, um, would be would be interesting to start. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of research projects every day. Absolutely. I need to just can someone fund me? Someone needs to fund me to do to put my Scorpio rising to work and get Absolutely. these research happening. But this sounds so fun to dive into. Yeah. Yes, just like looking across. Yeah, as you said, modalities and signs and. Cause I'm already so curious about Saturn moving through its exaltation in your 12th house and like what that as an air sign even means. And, um, 
I don't know. Just, yeah, this is a fascinating yeah. presentation. Next, next, <laughs> next, time next time around. Yes. <clears throat> yes. Full houses through the signs. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Ooh. Uh, ideas. Um, all right. So, you know, well, all that being said, I know that another very important part uh, that you've added to uh, your practice and understanding of, you know, working with karma and stuff is the, the hypnosis part of it. Um, and so I guess my first question is what, what got you into hypnosis? Um, a, the experience of it, B, the practice of it. Um, well, I guess I'll start there. Sure. Sure. Totally. That's enough. (laughs) Yeah. That's good. I'm like, I have stories. Um, yeah. So I, um, yeah, it did all really start. It it sort of showed up in my life organically, which also tends to be true about all of these modalities as well. When I studied Reiki, it came out because I was having boundary issues and then someone just pointed me in the direction of a Reiki practitioner and I started understanding so much. And so the same happened with hypnosis. Um, I did have that, uh, that medium tell me about the, the, uh, the nun past life. And that really kind of stuck in my mind a lot. And that opened up the idea of past lives to me. Um, I'm certainly very imaginative and, thought to some extent that there was certainly, you know, past lives and reincarnation and such, but I don't think that it had occurred to me that I would have such a rich, um, vault of of past life material myself. And so I became very curious about it and it began to arrive in my, in my email. And I, uh, I was kind of like, this is crazy. Like, why would this show up? This is so weird. And like, I don't know. <laughs> and so finally my curiosity got the best of me. Um my third house stellium. I was yeah. like, I need to know. Um, and my first experience was so was just so illuminating. Um mm. and of course, as I as I studied hypnosis, I understood that everyone has different levels of suggestibility, and I am extremely suggestible. <laughs> <laughs> So it really helps that, you know, again, finding good things out of difficult placements, like that's definitely something that Neptune on my ascendant helps me uh, tap into. It is very easy for me to travel and to feel other people's emotions. And this is certainly a, a positive way for me to experience that. And so I was able to see so much. It was so clear to me. I, I cried during this session. Um, it was just so eye-opening to me and it gave me so much language um, for experiences that I had previously had no words for. Mm-hmm. And that really cracked open a big door for me. And I think encouraged me to extend more compassion to myself mm-hmm. um, in a way that I hadn't before. I'm very self-judgmental. I'm very hard on myself and <laughs> Saturn. Uh, and Saturn! Uh, Especially because Saturn's not even on my team. Like Saturn's my chart ruler, but it's out of sect. And so it's just- Oh yeah, you're there. a night baby, aren't you? It's just laughing at me. Yeah. It's just up there like, hey, hey, hey I'm going to throw this at you and see. <laughs> you're, see from oh. aversion too, from the side. It's like, exactly. it's like it blindsides you basically is what it does. Exactly. I'm going to T-bone you right now. Yeah. Um, so um, it really, yes, it, it gave me a way to experience compassion for myself because I saw these things happen and it, you know, it's like, it was like watching a movie for me, which can mm-hmm. be true for many people who undergo hypnosis. It feels like you're watching 
you're watching a film and you're like, oh, wow, this is really, this is dramatic. Okay. Um, and see, just being able to see it made me understand um, that there, that I can feel differently about my experiences, that I can feel differently about my circumstances, um, that I can tie things that I feel now to mm. things I've done beyond this life. Um, that really resolved a lot for me especially with my 12th house influence where I just kind of felt like this is only me and no one else, no one else could possibly be experiencing this. Like your Eeyore voice. Oh, you bring oh, out yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and knowing that it, you know, it, it, maybe it's a little bit of a cop out, but I like to think of it as, as more constructive, but understanding that these are things that I have happened before I was even born here in this life was kind of like, Oh God, no wonder that sucks. So bad. <laughs> like, no wonder that feels so, pre- you know, no wonder yeah. that this is a, an emotion or a circumstance that has just been really hard for me to grasp or to fully understand. It's because it extends beyond what I know about my current life. Okay. So at least that gives me um, the information that there's a lot for me to look at here. And I was pretty hooked right away. I just thought that that experience really opened my doors in such a big way. And um, that practitioner, Shauna Cummins, who I had met, I had this session through uh, Maha Rose, which is a space in Brooklyn. And um, so she was teaching a course um, that started in the summer and that uh, unfolded in full in the fall. And I just jumped on it. I was like, this is going to be so cool, even just to undergo more hypnosis for myself yeah. <laughs> and like to get to practice this with people. Um, again, that like Gemini Chiron, where we're all just sitting and practicing hypnosis on each other. Like, am I doing this right? Um, and I, so it was something that I, I studied for several months that year. I was certified by the end of 2019 and I did hesitate in, um, integrating this practice into my other practices. I don't know that I had necessarily a logical reason. I kind of stopped and started with it and wasn't really sure about it. And then of course, 2020 happened and I was like, well, I'm not sure about anything. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You and me both. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, well, there goes all I thought I knew about the world. Um, but it did, it resurfaced, I'm sure exactly when it was supposed to, uh, last fall, I made, you know, I, I made a big move across the country, uh, back home and, um, things started just coming into place for me. And I started feeling like I could connect with this practice as an offering. And so I think that I needed to go through a lot of processing what I had seen myself. Um, I was fortunate enough to see several past lives while I was training through my hypnosis course. And that really rounded out like a lot of themes for me. I was like, oh yeah, okay. So we have a whole list of understandings that we are coming to right now. Okay. Here's some, you know, more language to feelings like, Mm -hmm. oh, here's some abandonment issues. Okay. Here are some, uh, here are some martyr issues. Okay, cool. No wonder you, um, like feel helpless. That was really like a big theme for me. Like, oh, I just feel helpless and hopeless. Okay. I can see why. All right. And that, I think that definitely took the year for me to really just integrate everything, to know how to be able to offer that to other people in a place or from a place of neutrality, again, saying like, don't worry, <laughs> um, the, you will see things, 
but I want to create this safe container for you to be able to do so in a way that we can talk about and not just um, form judgments around. Mm. And so, um, yeah, Shauna Cummins teaches um, with the notion of the, it's the divine uh, school of divine feminine. And so a lot of what we were taught was about uh, removing a lot of the stigma that hypnosis carries, especially as a sort of male dominated uh, yeah. stage act. <laughs> yeah. Very, um, uh, you know, mesmerizing, you know, mesmer was an actual- a mes- yeah. <laughs> yeah. mesmerism. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and this sort of notion of, you know, control, I'm going to control you. I'm going to make you cluck like a chicken or I'm going to very male. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm going to get in your head and make and you take You are my eyes. puppet. <laughs> yeah. <absolutely. laughs> um, there's definitely a lot of that stigma still around this practice. And so learning it through the lens of the divine feminine, understanding that hypnosis as a practice has existed for many, 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 many years um, across different cultures. So it's not a culturally specific practice. It has existed, um, in many ancient societies and, um, knowing that it started off as this sort of Gemini feeling of like, okay, now I'm going to send you in a trance and then you're going to put me in a trance. And like, none of us is the answer, you know, we are just guiding each other through Mm. a mutually beneficial process. Um, that's definitely the approach that I like to bring into hypnosis, helping people understand that I'm not, you know, I don't have any advantage being the guide for you through this. I'm not in here, you know, manipulating anything or um, planting anything. Back to that idea of we all possess answers within us. And this is really just a practice to help you discover what that information is, to help you see in your own lens, um, what exists within you and connects you to the ongoing thread of time, (laughs) which as you said, is very complicated and a big mess and like not linear at all. Um, so. Well, it feels like it, it, uh, being, uh, you know, hypnosis practitioner is that it's very much aligned with a shamanic position, um, you know, it, to some extent where yeah. it, it, you know, I serve to be a guide for you. I'm not here to have any sort of influence or control or suggestion. Um, it's more to put you uh, to, to not put you, but to give you uh, the opportunity to be in a receptive state via my prompts um, that are solely intended for you and, and only for you with no agenda behind it, you know, like, cause that's what, with hypnosis. It's like, you're, ta- you're basically, basically going into the subconscious uh, and, and coming up, like you said, like that, that movie screen. Um, and, and some people might be more susceptible than others, uh, which I find very interesting. Well, cause well, a, that comes down to control within oneself too, which is a whole other, very interesting topic. But when you're talking about how going through those movie reels of, of the past life and the value of it really coming to the fact of being able to put words to feelings or words to emotions or visions or just, you know, like that, that non-tangible 
oh, that's inside of us. Uh, and the words are so important. Um, and it started to make me think, actually, it brought me to be like, well, I, I wonder if that is very much true for all the earth risings. Because when with all earth risings, you're getting a third house that has water, at least by whole sign, has water content, you know? Like, uh, you're a perfect example of one with the Pisces stellium in the third. But, you know, Taurus, you got that Cancer space. Uh, Virgo, you have that Scorpio space. And so I'm wondering, because, especially because of the practical nature of earth risings. Um, if just, you know, I'm just sh- shooting from the hip here, uh, that, you know, maybe, I mean, hypnosis can benefit anybody, of course, but it'd be very interesting to see if it could be very helpful for the down to earthers, uh, that can be taken somewhere to help understand this place that, I don't know, you see where I'm going with this? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I think that's so interesting. Yes. Seeing the air houses as, um, as this water space, seeing messages, um, as very, um, I don't, loaded's not the word that I want, but just this very deep experience. Totally. Yeah. I love that. I had not considered that before, but that does make a lot of sense being able to, um, and, and very healthy for an earth rising to just, to trust something other than, you know, what's physically in Well, front of yeah. Cause earth, you know, if we know anything about earth, earth is definitely <laughs> maybe the one that is most likely to control or try to, uh, oh, yeah, because, absolutely. you know, it's like, ah, oh, just like speaking as someone with an earth moon or North, 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 I have Chiron and Taurus. So like, I have oh yeah. Like yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I get, I get it. Oh, that control. Um, but yeah, I think it's very important to put the, those words to that because I mean, we started this talk about defining something and you even like talking about how like, oh, I pulled myself back to how do I define this? And so I think, I think how we define experience um, is really how we understand it when we get down to like, well, how do I, and that's what makes words so important, um, at least in my mind for that. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. That is really true. It's, it's somehow gaining it's like by giving it a word or a name, we separate it from ourselves somehow, or we're able to, and I'm thinking about like Mercury and Pisces and Mars and Gemini, of course, and like wanting to categorize things. It's like, we want to know, we just want to know where things go. It's like, I want to label this. Um, But that can be helpful for our feelings as we were saying before, just that, um, or helpful for things that don't traditionally have labels or words. Um, those transient, like, well, it helps, but make feel less nebulous, right? Because if I can't yeah. put my finger on this thing, or why do I feel this way? And you're like, no, I feel this way because, like you said, like I have abandonment issues, or I've like all of a sudden it, there's a, a bigger structure. Uh, speaking as someone with abandonment issues, <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's a bigger structure at play, and we're able to get there because we can put a label to it. And they, I feel like you know there there's a lot of talk about label you know, not being good. And there's a lot of times when labels are not good for us or for society. But then then there's other times where there's labels in in this particular sense, which can be absolutely wonderful to help compartmentalize something enough to understand it uh, and work with it in a way that is positive to us, um, to contain it, to give it a boundary uh, enough to, yeah, to be able to know where we're working from. 
Yeah, absolutely. This is making me think about therapy and why I feel like everyone should have access to some form of therapy. Um, We're really, sometimes we just need to talk it out and find out and say, oh yes, this, this sounds like this thing and saying, oh, oh, okay, cool. Now I know. Great. (laughs) Like I can identify this. And when I feel it, I can now say, oh, that's what I'm feeling. Okay. Well, hmm. And then of course we're back at the part in the triangle where we choose what we do with that feeling. But at least that is a tool that helps us approach that choice with whatever we're going to do. But um, yeah, you're right. Yes. Labels absolutely can be more problematic than helpful. Yeah. Um, and certainly, you know, make things either or, or very binary, um, and can be harmful. But for those of us, especially since we've been talking about the 12th house and all this intangible indefinable stuff, um, giving something tangible or giving boundaries to something that previously felt like it was looming definitely helps us approach it differently. We're like, okay, Okay. Got it. Um, now I know where, where to approach or how to approach, um, where I didn't before. Cause I didn't know what I was dealing with. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and folks, that's the nature of duality in life. There's a, so there's times is. that things are very appropriate. There's times when they're not. Um, that's real. That's it, super that's, real. It really is. That's a message from the, the Gemini North node, right? I now. love it. Yes. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, so, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty that we could say about all this, but we will have to leave it to your presentation because uh, I'm sure you're going to share some wonderful things uh, with us at the summit. Once again, April 15th through 18th. And so uh, do you have any uh, final words, Taylor, on anything about karma or hypnosis or anything you wanted to share uh, before we depart Final thoughts. Um, I'm just, I'm just very excited to give this talk. I'm so excited to, again, get to destigmatize this whole, um, this whole concept and break it down into pieces that are approachable. I think ultimately, you know, going back to your Chiron note, um, how we, how we alleviate some of our suffering is by sharing it with others and by talking to others about it, allowing our experiences to resonate with others. So I'm very excited to uh, just be able to tap into that and to give some people some language, um, give some people some keys as to what to look for and how to better define those experiences for themselves and that's ultimately what we can do. You know, it is making better choices, but it's also, again, Chiron, like let's guide each other through this. We're not alone in these experiences. And I think that's ultimately what I hope to illuminate is that um, so much of what we can alleviate is through connecting with others Mm. in in an authentic place and without judgment or, or putting as much judgment aside as one can, (laughs) because we are human. Um, but really understanding that we are, here's my Piscean note. We are all connected (laughs) and we, um, you know, our actions do impact others and we can steer that towards a, um, towards a a more positive collective experience together. So I'm excited to get to talk about that. I'm so stoked for this, for this weekend of delightful information. (laughs) 
Well, amen to that. All right. So, well, okay. So uh, where can people find you? Uh, what do yeah. you got going on uh, other than the summit? What's going on? Absolutely. So um, I am at that. So Pisces on Instagram. <laughs> that is also, yes. <laughs> um, that is also my, uh, my website. That's so Pisces.com. Um, I offer hypnosis uh, once a month at the new moon. Uh, in order to, it's similar to the visualized spring, uh, which is the bonus track for the um, all weekend, all access pass for the summer. So it's sort of based on that. It's um, just moving through cycles month to month. And so I offer that for free on Instagram for anyone who is curious and wants to kind of try it out in the sanctity of their own, uh, their own space. And other than that, I, um, I do astrology readings and hypnosis sessions one-on-one through my site. Uh, Ooh, Thursdays, third Thursday of the month, I do a group past life regression as well. What? Uh, I started the first one. Yeah. So I did the first one last month and really just sort of was like, I don't know if anyone's going to come to this because you kind of have to be in this headspace to seek it out. And not everyone looks at it like, Oh, cool. I'm going to do that. Um, but it has been a hit so far. It's been really fun. And so sign up is through my website or my link tree. And it's really just, it's on zoom. It's Thursday nights on the third Thursday of the month. So it's happening tomorrow and it is just a gentle, you know, people come and turn off their cameras, uh, and just, I light candles. And then I just guide us through a past life regression and so I think I, I, my goal is really just to make this as accessible as a process as possible. Mm. Um, and that might be my like third house Jupiter in Pisces, just like for all. Um, so that happens on, it's been the 18th so far, but obviously next week, month will be different. But I it think it's at the, the 15th, the next month. So April her, 15th, because oh, you won't catch this in time for that's right. her tomorrow, unless you have psychic abilities. I know. Like, <laughs> speak right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, the 15th. So maybe that will be, um, maybe you'll check out the summit on the first day and then you'll tune in for a little group past life regression. And then, um, we'll talk about it over the weekend, uh, as we all summit together. But, uh, yeah, so that's an offering once a month. The new tapes is the, uh, new moon offering once a month on Instagram and yeah. Yes. Yeah, those yes. are all great. I'm going to have to yeah. go uh, check that out. Uh, yeah, the, please come. Yeah, so uh, just F what? So do you do it on the actual new moon? Um, um, it depends. I do I do it on Saturdays around the new moon. So okay, sometimes so that the, would be Saturday the... I'm, is I'm it the all 10th? just physical. I, I think the new moon in Aries is, is Sunday the, the 11th. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, yes, Saturdays, that's my you know, my Saturn community work day. Um, so Ooh. Saturdays around the new moon. So yeah, Saturday, April 10th will be the, uh, the new tapes for the April. Mm, that's a nice day too. We got, uh, uh, Mercury sextiling the nodes, Saturn yes. and Venus sextile Jupiter. 
Ooh. I also have Mercury is trining my Mercury and Jupiter that day too. Oh, I'm definitely going to come down oh my and God, go yes. check that out. That sounds Step great. On down. Woo. Oh my gosh. All right. Beautiful. So that's so Pisces. That's where we're going <laughs> to find Taylor. Um, all right. So of course I will share the information that she just shared here uh, on my website over at energeticprinciples.com. And of course you can find me at Instagram and Facebook at energetic principles. Um, and just a recap for the summit. If you have not registered yet, you can do so wherever you listen to this podcast. I'll have the link in the, um, in the description, but you'll be able to find it on my social media. You'll be able to find it on Taylor's social media. You, you know, you look, you're going to see it. (laughs) So sign up and and come visit us there. Um, and of course I do consultations as well, if it's something that you're interested in and, uh, just FYI, you know, this is an interview series leading up to the summit. So we are, I'm, I'm back to doing podcasts every week for a little bit, which I haven't been doing in a while. Um, so, uh, next episode, I'll have, uh, Dr. Jen Zart, with me, PhD. If you remember her, uh, we did a wonderful talk on astrology and academia, uh, academia, uh, a year or so ago, year and a half. Oh, I don't know. Time, time. I don't know. Where and what is it? it. I don't know. Uh, but that was a wonderful talk. So, uh, come visit us again for Dr. Z. And then, uh, the week after that, I'll have stormy grace, who we always love Stormy uh, and she's going to be coming on the podcast the following week. And then I'm going to be doing Taurus season uh, with Catherine Urban, uh, who I just discovered and really enjoy what she brings to the Astro table. So uh, so, so many fabulous podcasts and guests that are happening right now. And so Taylor, I'm so glad you were able to be one of them. Oh my gosh, that is a hot lineup and I'm very honored to be <laughs> part, of, part of you getting back into these weekly podcasts. That's awesome. Awesome. Yay. All right. Well, that being said, if you enjoyed us talking about a karma hypnosis, uh, all things Pisces and Sagittarius <laughs> and other things that we've covered here today. Uh, you know, give a nice review wherever you listen to this. Leave uh, those five stars. It helps uh, myself and Taylor both be seen further. Um, and also share with friends, spread the good word. You know, even they don't even necessarily have to be interested in astrology. A lot of these topics carry over uh, into the beyond as this one absolutely did. Um, right. And so, yeah, sharing is caring. So spread the good word. All right. Well, Taylor, you are welcome back anytime. I thank you again for joining me today. This was such a blast. Thank you so much. This was such an honor to get to speak with you. I would love that. Clearly we have a good time. Clearly. (laughs) I would love to do more of this with you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking the time and for having me. Absolutely. All right, everyone. And thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us talk all about karma. Uh, We hope you have a wonderful week. And as always, may the stars be with you.